0: Um no. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, the to the Barbarian, Barbarian Project. Welcome back, Barbarian Nation. I am so glad and so blessed you've all come back here to listen just one more time. As I promised you last week, when I had two of those great people in here with me, uh, Gwinnett and Tony Patera, I said, we talked about this guy. His name is Mark and uh, Mark Crawford is actually our uh, prophet from Down Under. We, I think I'm changing his name even as I'm thinking about it now because you come from uh, Tasmania, right? Yeah, the Tasmanian sense. prophet, man. that Dude, that has a ring to it. I mean, think about it. You know, the, we used to in the cartoons have the Tasmanian devil, right? right. He yeah. goes around and he's got a whirlwind happening around him, yeah. and boom, everything blows up, and he's like, brr, brr, here we are, right? Well, Mark <laughs> – You are now going to be known as, I'm even titling this one, the Tasmanian prophet. And I just, because I I love that about you. And uh, I met you like, man, like back in a long time ago, like 08, 09, somewhere like that. that. And uh, have just really, truly admired some of the things that God has done in your life. So welcome, Mark. Great. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's uh, once again, great to be in
1: Casper. It's been four, five, four years, actually. Yeah. Haven't been able to travel. This is my first trip
0: to the US. Uh, yeah, since COVID. Yeah, since COVID. And so so how bad did you guys get locked down during that?
1: Uh, well, in our state, um, not not so much. Uh, it was probably somewhat similar, I think, to some of the things that happened in Wyoming. Was, uh, other states were pretty bad at yeah. locking things down. Um, you know, which is, you know, really quite interesting. Um, all, really nearly all of the restrictions have been lifted now. You don't have to be vaccinated to come into the country. Although you do have to be vaccinated to come into this country
0: now, isn't that weird? It is. Weird. I mean, this is supposed to be like land of the free, like no joke. I'm nope. not even being hypocritical here. Nope. I mean, it's just, it just always surprises me that we put up the weirdest of restrictions on occasions. Mm-hmm. They'll throw up the borders on one end of the country and just mm-hmm. let anybody they want in, and then on yep. the other end. When you're yep. coming in legit, it's well, an issue. Well, it it didn't. It did nothing made sense, right? In all of that, all that whole thing, you know, it was like, oh, you know, you you
1: you could you could go to our equivalent of Home Depot, right? But you couldn't go to the church because in the church you'd catch, you know, the place of healing. You would <laughs> catch.
0: Covid, But yeah, You they could go it. to the you could go to the, the hardware place, right? They had that same thing That's here. Crazy. And the other thing is, no kids in there under the ages of uh, sixteen mm-hmm. uh, th- to be in like uh, Home Depot. And I was like, well, "What's that? Oh, they don't spend any money, so they don't want them in there." Yeah, I mean, it's just a really crazy time. And I think the people that had the most difficulty were
1: people who, were people of faith or people who, were particularly kingdom people, because they'd been used to revelation, right? Been used to processing things and right. they just could see how stupid it was. Right. But anyway.
0: So, so, hey, let's start off with, and it's something we've been kind of talking about. Where, uh, so you do live in, uh, Tasmania, yes. Australia. That's correct. Were you born and raised there? Where were you born?
1: Yeah, so so Tasmania is a state just like any of the other U.S. states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a federal system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so Tasmania is an island state, and um, I live close to the city that I was born into. So um, it is a city called Launceston. Launceston is the third oldest city in, um, in Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. The first two cities, Sydney and Hobart, Hobart is our capital of our state, were convict settlements. They were settlements that the English brought all the convicts out to right uh, law system was the first free city mm-hmm. so I live in a free city I've grown up in a free city so fundamentally uh, historically it's a it's a free city so nice yeah all right so you're born into the church uh yeah I was a Uh, I call it a prenatal church attender. So I was going to church uh, before I was born. Okay. And mom and dad went to church. Yeah, so mom and dad, uh, my grandparents went. Yeah. um, So, you know, it was a whole um, long line of it. And um, I think that was the interesting thing. For As I sort of grew up, I just naturally, um, or supernaturally, I mean, there came a time when I recognized I needed Christ in my life and all those sorts of things. And so... Um, actually, you know, one Sunday night, uh, my father and my future father-in-law was the minister, right? And I remember walking down the aisle, closely following by my now wife. Right. So we both gave our hearts to the Lord on the same night. That's but awesome. We weren't even boyfriend or girlfriend or anything. There, we'd been in youth group together. Right. Um, and I, I think um, I, I struggle with sometimes thinking that a lot of other people had a testimony, and I never rebelled. I never went into any of that sort of stuff. I was—I've been in church all my life. Right. Um, but I, I still recognise that I have a testimony. You know, I right. still recognise, and you know, maybe some people that are listening to this, you know, you, 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 you're recognising that you know God has actually kept me away from a lot of things. Right. Um, but there still was a distinct time that I can remember when I recognised that I I wanted I want God in my life. Right. Even though I was around it all the time.
0: Right. Well, it's one thing being religious. It's a completely different thing having a relationship with oh, yeah. Christ. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, with that being said, I hear that from people all the time when they will uh, talk to me. They're like, well, mm-hmm. I ain't got a story like yours. Yep. I'm like, nobody's got a story like mine. You and I don't have a story like yours. No. You God created each one of us to be yeah. an individual. Yeah, we're, we're all
1: unique. I mean, the, absolutely. Our fingerprints are all unique, you know, right. uh, a voice print. Um, everything about us is unique. And um, I think that the, the whole deal is realizing that I'm unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't be somebody else. I don't. I shouldn't be comparing myself with somebody else because God wanted me on this planet. right? Uh, and so the best thing for me to do is to become the most secure in who I am right? because he wanted me. So it's no good trying to be somebody else because if I'm trying to be somebody else, who's going to be me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So,
1: um, you know, I, I, I think um, the major thing I, I, that really impacted me was having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, so I. So,
0: fill me in. How did that go? Oh, I'm ready for this one, <laughs> man. you ready for this one. Because, do you are definitely a Holy Spirit filled guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was probably around about. Um, twenty six. So
1: I um I I had built theology in my thinking. Um, you know, when I, I grew up in an evangelical church, so we talked a lot about God. Okay. we talked a lot about Jesus. We yeah. talked very little about the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I I I I was sent to England to to work with um, British police there for um for a while, and mm. I encountered some some people who spoke in tongues, and I had formulated a theory in my head that that was of the devil. Mm. right so you know it's like it's it wasn't within my frame of reference so um and i came came back to australia um uh we got i got married and after a while we we both my wife and i and she was a pastor's kid you know so um we both started to feel like there has to be more you know Mm. it's like for me i i felt like if somebody started talking about god i changed the subject right you know reading the word was like Eating dry toast. Yeah, yeah, reading a book. Yeah, it was. Well, it's even worse than, you know, like, and it sh- I knew it shouldn't be like that. Right. You know, I would read something of the scripture and see that these guys in, uh, you know, Acts and all those sorts of stuff were living a dynamic life, and I wasn't living a dynamic life. Right. So we started to to listen to some things, and what happened was that the church called a new minister Mm -hmm. so they'd arranged um, for him to come and he was going to come some months later well in between them calling and him coming he was at a conference got called out by the speaker prophesied over had an encounter got baptized in the spirit was just totally different came alive and so when he came he didn't actually talk much about it he just demonstrated you right know? and so people were flocking he he was doing the evening service on a sunday night right which just a handful of people came suddenly came overflowing because there was life in his preaching right um and so we we were interested in this i was with my in-laws in another part of the country it was a it was January the 1st.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was 100-plus degrees. So in Australia, we have the opposite, so we have a hot Christmas.
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: 100 degrees plus. I was sitting. Uh, we'd been to a bookstore, and I'd brought some books, and one of them was a book by an American author called Don Basham, which was called The Handbook of the Holy Baptism and the Holy Spirit. Okay. I don't know to this day why I brought that book, but I must have been sort of thinking about it or right. something. So I'm reading this book, and every, everything starts to get excited inside of me. There's this longing, this desire, this like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to go after this. And so I'm reading it, get to the end of the book, and it tells you what you need to do next, you know, just pray this prayer. And and I'm thinking, I've got to pray this prayer. I'll, I have to wait till I get home. No, I can't wait till I get home. Uh, it's like, I, I want to do it now. No, I'm in my in law's house. You know, they won't understand. Um, at that time, I was running. You know, I was out jogging and all that sort of stuff. Right. So I left the house and um, I'm going for a run. I told my wife I'm going for a run, um, and I get out of the house and I pray this prayer and I just simply say, "Holy, um, you know, Father, I've I've been obedient to you. Water baptism, um, my heart, you know, I'm in relation to you, but I want more. And so mm-hmm. I invite now you to baptize me in the Spirit of Holy Spirit. And I want it to speak in tongues." Mm-hmm. which was a huge thing for me because I was so against that. And I opened my mouth and I'm speaking in tongues. Right. I don't remember the rest of the run. I ran around the beach. I went for quite a while because there was a time difference. Right. But I don't remember any of that. I came back, got in the shower, um, got dressed, came into the lounge room and sat down my, next to my wife, didn't say anything, and immediately she turned to me and said, what's happened to you? mm um and so I said, Well, we better go in the bedroom and talk and I went in the bedroom and she's I told her and she said, Well, speak in tongues, show me you know it's like um <laughs> uh and so that that happened. We came home, I was sent to prosecute um on another island and Because you're a were a judge. I was a pros- I was a police prosecutor first. A police prosecutor, okay yeah, so I was a pro- so like district attorney. Right, like right, 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 right. And so um, I, was, I was doing that, and, and while I was away, my wife got had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, and you Spirit. came home, and she spoke in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and for all the next six months, I, I remember having uh, an incredible time with God. It was mm-hmm. all new. Everything came alive. People were all the time. To- I, I determined in my heart I wasn't going to tell anyone what happened. And everybody's saying, what's happening to you? What's happened to you? You're different. Right. Um, I just became – the word came alive to me. Um, uh, I started to develop um, some things. I got involved with a group of guys in those days from um, the uh, – full gospel businessman. And they would meet once a week. Uh, early in the morning and they were prophesying and that's a lot where I learnt some things and mm-hmm. I got further mentored in in that in many respects or just experienced it. Um, and for about six months it was just amazing mm-hmm. and then I realised that the, I came to experience that there was an enemy. There was a devil. Oh yeah. And um, uh, all sorts of things happened. Um, they end up you know, sacking the, the the minister who followed the spirit because they were just the elders were afraid. Oh yeah. Um, some years later, that church um, invited me back, right? Uh, and in reconciliation way to preach and you know all that sorts of things. And it actually become quite a significant church in the city because they really embrace some of those some of those
0: things mm-hmm. um, and the gifts of the spirit and things of the spirit. Yeah. Right. And you know that's kind of funny because you know uh, now that. You and I have talked about me becoming a Lutheran, and both of us kind of chuckled about how did we get here, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, one of the things that just opening up communication between people becomes quite significant, and looking for how much we all speak different languages. See, when they uh, they consider themselves very evangelical, mm-hmm. and in the way you said it, mm-hmm. that sounds very much like the Lutherans say it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but but in America, yeah. evangelical means something very different.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I mean, I I think really, um, when you when you look at it, I think in in orthodoxical. Um, place and ortho- right. orthodoxy in some of the like the Lutheran, I think mm-hmm. a lot of the focus is on the Father and mm-hmm. um, and Jesus is certainly vitally part of part of that. Mm-hmm. Typically, I think it, um, the evangelicals in many places mm-hmm. it's it's Jesus, it's come to Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That doesn't exclude it from everywhere else, and of course, then you have the charismatic Pentecostals and so forth. And right, that, and the the main focus is you know the Spirit of God, the Holy right. Spirit. Now, I think what we're coming into is oh, where all of
0: those come together. Mark, I'm telling you, you blew my mind, and everybody that is listening, you're going to want to back this up and listen to what he's about to say two or three times because what he said was so significant to what point in time we are. I don't mean to interrupt yep, you, well, but I want everybody to really just not miss what you're yep, about to say. This well, is
1: important. I, I think we're we're in a place of, of convergence where those come together where they celebrate celebrated Right. Together, uh, you know, one of the tricks of the enemy is division. Of course, you know, house divided against itself can fall. Right, and so what we've often had is people kept apart, and right. so therefore the concepts that they espouse or that they see as strong are kept apart. Whereas we're supposed to live a life where it's, it's very much about the Father, it's very much about Jesus, and it's very much about the Holy Spirit. Right, so that's the we. What we a lot of people don't understand is the is the Trinity. You know, is right. is the fact is, and and you only have to look at many of the many of the cults. Mm-hmm. Most of the cults have a difficulty with the Trinity. Right, right. They they're they're either a oneness this or they this or whatever else. They don't have the the and and for a lot of people they don't understand the Trinity and. That's a good thing in some respects because if you can completely understand it, you're God, right? But that's where faith comes in to realize that there's different different expressions of the one God that He operates in different personalities. So, it's, absolutely, and, and I'm sure you've used some ways of describing that. And I think there's a, there's always a limitation to the illustration, right? But I'm I I'm a son, right? I'm a father, right? And I'm a brother. That's correct. So all all three of those are the one person. Correct, but they are different expressions of that one person, and and you know I, I think that, um and and we are made in the image of God, right? So when you look at us, we're try
0: uh, try tripartite beings. That is correct. So that we have three parts, but we're the one. Yep, Ephesians tells us that very very clearly. Yeah, so we have a body. A soul and a spirit. Yes, um, I actually like to take what this says in Thessalonians that we're
1: actually spirit, soul, and, and body. body.
0: Right. Um, I, oh, yeah, I, that's where I meant to go. Yeah, You're right. Well, Good, be, because
1: you. I think we're first a spirit, right? Um, and we and we and we're having an earthly experience, right? Uh, if you if we understand it from that, then a lot of things that happen in realms of the supernatural are not weird, right? Or they might be weird, but they we yeah. still right, right? But we're coming from the we're coming from the spirit. And right. the soul, I think the soul, um, which is a mind, will and emotions, is always meant to be that bridge between the physical and the spiritual. Right. You know, it's 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 the place in which um and but the problem with that soul is that the soul wants to be the boss.
0: Oh yeah. You know? Well, and it wants to go off of what it was trained. It was trained by the flesh, yep. and it was trained by a human spirit, yep. Yep. which is naturally in rebellion to God. Yep. And that's that's where we come into uh, that that's where the Lutherans really struggle when we use the term free will. Yep. They're like, no, you don't have free will. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the bondage of the will. And the, the funny thing is that we're all saying the same thing. We're just saying it in a different sense to yep. where we're having to struggle understanding. Yep. But one of the other things that happened uh, inside that, Mark, is that you were – Uh, I I am fortunate because I am learning to speak the Lutheran language, Mm -hmm. and I know how to speak the evangelical Mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. And the way you described a human being, especially the soul, that's the way I describe the soul. And some of them are like, I've I've never heard it that way, but, well, hear it that way or not, that's really kind of how it works because your soul is a trained thing. Mm -hmm. One thing that happened for sure is when I got saved, there were several people. One of them was Tony Patera. Mm prophesied over me Mm -hmm. with a with a couple of things. The first thing he said is, Bert, there's gonna be a great you're gonna be in a lot of great battles. And I said, Mm -hmm. that's not a problem. I'm not afraid of anything. But Mm -hmm. then I didn't realize all of them were going to take place inside of me (laughs) and wrestling with what I believed versus what God showed me as the truth, etc. And the second thing that he said is there will come the day where you helped to pull the church back. Together, mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what the heck that means. Mm-hmm. But something you said to me the other day, which is, Bert, you're here to build a bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know this about me, Mark, but I'm going to share a little something with you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. My name, Eldridge, yeah. means the bridge builder. Ah, okay. Okay, so when you said that, it kind of melted my brain for a few minutes that I had to take just like a little pause yeah. back that to go, all right, this is what Tony was talking about all those days. But the more that we learn to speak to each other, mm-hmm. the harder the de- the devil has coming against us. Yeah, yeah. Because then we pray for each other. We don't have to be in each other's house all the time. Yeah. I mean, we, we see it time and time again. The people,
1: um, I mean, we all have destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Some have Um, uh, particular significant roles, right? Um, and it almost seems like um, the enemy messes with those people who have got more significant roles as far as advancing the kingdom. Either tries to, um, tries to stop them being born, Mm -hmm. um, either tries to do something when they're born, Mm -hmm. or encourage them to take a different route, different way, right? Uh, But we know that the word always says that God works everything together for good. You know, so you know, it's not surprising that I'm sitting talking to a bridge builder mm-hmm. um, who has has had a, a dramatic transformation encounter with God, um, because there was an attempt, you know, to take you in a different direction. Oh, without a doubt. Which you could have easily it could have easily at any time mm-hmm. lost your life. So it would take you out. Without a doubt. Which is the interesting thing is because I realize that that God and the enemy agree.
0: I'm ready. Well, they both want us dead. They do. God wants me dead. People always say... Well, God, God really hurt me that time. I'm like, hurt you? He's trying to kill me. I don't know what you're talking about. Because they, they both want it for different reasons. You know, Absolutely, the, the enemy
1: wants to stop you, take you out completely. Where God wants to crucify some areas on you that the that the enemy gets to. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like what he's trying to do for our own good is to remove areas in a in a crucifixional type of way right. that we die to, so that there's not a place for the enemy to land on. There's not, you know, it could be. Um, for instance, we could be more susceptible to offense, right? You know, so that's a very typical one in the Christian church. Oh yeah, uh, is people
0: get offended, you know, strangest I, word I've ever heard in Christianity oh, was yeah. offense. That shouldn't even be in our vocabulary.
1: I, I had people leaving my church and offended, right? Because um, I didn't didn't say hello to them, or mm. I, you know, missed it. And I think I get that. I, I think that's the unfortunate thing, is that when we when we realise that it's a tool of the enemy, mm-hmm. and that usually offence is a dest- is a doorway to destiny. So if people somebody f- somebody offends you, you probably got destiny with that person. Mm, that's very interesting you know and and so if you if you hang on to the offense you keep taking it it removes you from that person that you got probably got destiny and most likely you can't see it until you deal with the destiny you will see how imp- impactful you to be in that person's life or that person in
0: your life right or it's, that church for right. instance. oh yeah yeah and you know uh I've never ever left a church where uh, without talking to the pastors long before I went. And I never, ever left a church unless God said, hey, we're about to move on. Yep. And he started usually preparing me six months in advance. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the churches you often visit is Hope Church, and mm-hmm. I was there for 12 years. Yep. And when it came time that the Lord was calling me into a different situation, mm-hmm. what he did was uh, it, I came together with Pat and Fred. Mm-hmm. Bruner, and uh, we had dinner, mm-hmm. and I said, the Lord is calling me out. And they both said, we know he is. Mm-hmm. He adds bigger things for you, and you're going to be yep. restricted if you stay here. Yep. And that that's the way things should go. Yeah. I mean, it really is better to be operating in a place
1: of agreement mm-hmm. than it is to build um offenses, and, and you left this church, left this church, left this church. Right. I mean— if I can put it this way, um, some of the research has shown that um, young people who get married early mm-hmm. are more likely to remain together, right? Because they have not built a pattern of of coming together, breaking up, right? Breaking, you know, coming together, breaking up, coming together. and so there's a pattern of that, mm-hmm. so that um, when they uh, Will finally get into a place where they make a commitment of marriage. They've got this pattern established in their life of breaking up of relationships, and so that can cause an issue. So it's the same thing as if you if you um, establish a pattern in your life that you are are, are leaving a Place because God is said to move on and leaving correctly, right? That always determines how you leave something is how you'll start something else, right? So it's relational, it's a relational character rather than I'm offended, you know, let me get out of there, right? Um, so you know, I think that there are some reasons why we, you know, do certain things mm-hmm. because they work, right? Um, so, so. Yeah, so I, I'm 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 really finding it quite um, interesting that you. This is called what the barbarian prophet.
0: This is called the barbarian prophet. You want to know why? Why? Tell me. <laughs> because a barbarian, uh, you are being an uncivilized Christian. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to get domesticated as a Christian, mm-hmm. you start to just go to church. Okay. And barbarians have a tendency to live in the wild. W I L D. We intentionally love daily. Okay. Okay. And the reason that I slapped the name prophet on there was because uh, it, to prophesy doesn't always mean about telling the future, but what it means, or it's always meant with me, is to call out the good things in a person, to call out the God things uh-huh. of a person. Uh-huh. Because uh, here is definitely one thing I learned on the other side before my Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, When I had a motorcycle club, Mm -hmm. we had a little process Mm -hmm. uh, that when a guy patched out, okay, means they got their colors Mm -hmm. uh, or their cut. And what would happen is we would uh, gather that guy. He would be on his knees before the entire club that would be around him. And we would start what we called the vote. And I would hand his cut to the guy next to me. And each one of them guys would tell them what they thought of him. Okay. And what they would they would it was never belittling. Mm-hmm. It was always an encouraging how they saw him as a brother as they saw him or okay. whatever. And it went all the way back around and it would come to me and I would finish up with telling him what the patch meant mm-hmm. and etc. And to watch men uh try to live up to what other people thought of mm-hmm. them. You know, what we think other people think. Mm-hmm. Will usually lead us into trouble. Yeah, but when you know what is thought of you, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of what true prophecy is, yeah. is calling out what God really thinks of a person. Yeah, then all of a sudden you start trying to live up to that. Yeah, that measurement. Yeah, you know. Well, we we, we um, that's
1: that's what we teach. That's what we teach in right. schools of supernatural and so forth like that. Um, you know, is is that particularly the gift of prophecy is is to edify, it's to encourage, it's to comfort. Right. Um. You know, it, it's it's not to use that to, uh, you know, sort of tell somebody off or criticize somebody else. You know, thus says the Lord. You know, <laughs> thus um, says the Lord. Uh, yeah, uh, and, that's always bad. And the other thing interesting about that is that the actual the distinction between the 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 gift of prophecy and the Role of a prophet mm-hmm. um, is that the prophet their their gift to people is their presence, is them themselves, mm-hmm. um, and so um, you know it's it's like I was I was teaching last night and um, I was reminding them of um, a story. Do not know if we want to hear it? Yeah, well, let's hear. It. We got time. Sure. It, yeah, it's it's a bit funny. I, I want funny funny is good <laughs> okay so here's hes his uh' here's the story it happened to me quite a few years ago I was um every Sunday morning before preaching I would leave our house and I would walk in a rural area praying and where I was like this annoy all the neighbors because I'm I'm praying in tongues and I'm crying out to God and you know I just want to get into that place and and I love to walk and pray you know I'm just not I just can't do sitting down I'm an action person so this particular morning I'm out I'm out praying and asking the Lord and getting an understanding of what he wanted to speak that Sunday morning. I get home, I walk into the door and I collapse on the floor uh, in absolute agony, screaming my head off like I've never done before, in immense pain. Mm. My wife is a nurse and um, and so uh, she knows when I'm sick. Right, right. Um uh, unfortunately she doesn't know when I think I'm sick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: it's just like the compassion the batteries and the compassion meter are flat, you know, at yeah, any other yeah. time. Uh, so she took me to the hospital. She was working in this particular hospital so you know she had some privileges. Um and they finally got me into accident emergency. I'm screaming up the, the other patients waiting there are saying take him, take him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd never been in so much pain in all my life. Um, uh, I was dehydrated and so they couldn't even they get a canure in my vein mm-hmm. and they wouldn't give me anything for it. Right. Now, um, I, I've purposefully up until this particular point of time not wanted to know anything about hospitals and... You know, sick th- things and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I'm pretty naive to all of the things that are going on because I've just stayed away from it. You know, I wouldn't right. watch any television programs, those medical programs or whatever else. My wife worked in an operating room, didn't want to know anything. You know, it's just too—I I don't know—it just wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Um, See my fair share of dead bodies, um, but not wanting to. I just didn't like it. Right. So here I am in, in the hospital and um, they put a cannula in, they do an ultrasound and they found that I've got a kidney stone blocking the whatever the thing right. is and my, and my kidneys are swelling up, dangerous, really dangerous, they could have burst. Mm-hmm. So they rushed me to the um, operating room, put a stent in, put me in a ward, I'm there for a little short period of time, then they let me out mm-hmm. uh, telling me I've you know, got to come back in some period of time and they're going to take the stent out or whatever they're going to do. Right. So meanwhile, uh, in the next few days, I get some sort of infection, and I am delirious. Like they rushed me back into the hospital, mm-hmm. put me back in into the hospital, um, just in a in a bad way, putting a drip in. And so you know, I'm just in the hospital now. I'm feeling pretty sad. You know, like I'm 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 not angry with God. I'm just like it's just. Not happy, <laughs> right? Right. I'm not happy with God. I'm not happy with what's going on. So uh, here I am, and um, the doctor comes in, and and again, remember, I don't know any of the details. I don't know what things are. Right. So he, he comes in, and he, he said, um, uh, "We're going to put a uh, catheter in." Now I had no idea what he was talking about, mm. but I soon found yeah. out what he was talking
0: about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not one of the joys of the being a man. It, like there are certain things that shouldn't go in places. <laughs> that would be a fact, brother. That would be a fact. <laughs> so
1: they put this ca- catheter in, and I, I was just like, you, "You got to be joking." So then the nurse comes in a bit later on and said, "Well, I've got some medication for you." So oh, okay, fine. You know, I'm just whatever. You know, um, I thought it would just be a tablet she would give me or whatever. So and she mm-hmm. said, "No, well, this is a different type of medication the doctors ordered," it's like, oh. Okay, fine. I, I'm sure I have lots of things I haven't had. Mm-hmm. She said, "Well, you take this differently." Uh, <laughs> I said, "Okay, what that?" She said, "Well, it's called a suppository." Now I had no idea what a suppository was.
0: <laughs> so so I found, found out. out you're being violated in I've every been, which direction, yeah, brother. It's like,
1: it's like <laughs> so. I'm. I'm really.
0: I'm really not. I'm really complaining to God. Oh yeah! I well, really, I would be complaining to I, God. I'd I, be complaining to everybody.
1: I was. I was. I was complaining to God. The people that come to see me, I was complaining. I was just what you know, and and it was just. Now the next thing is they have this brilliant idea mm. that I need it to. I need it to move around, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I have in one hand the the trolley with the IV on, mm-hmm. and the other hand my little handbag, which has got the urine thing yeah, in, like the in it. Yeah, you your pee in it. Yeah. And they and I've got a hospital gown on, you know those things that yeah. they just do up at the back. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, well, leave your butt hanging out. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so they had me walking up and down the corridor. Right, right. I've never been so embarrassed in all of my life. Any sort of pride was because you know people are walking at you, and you're walking down, and they see you, and they look the other way. Oh, You yeah. know they don't do it subtly; they do it like this. Yeah, and so I'm still complaining, and I'm complaining to God. And I'm feeling violated, I'm feeling every sort of thing. And I I remember coming back into the room and I'm lying there and then the Lord starts to speak to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, you know, sometimes when he says something and it's so right, he says to me, Mark, you preach and tell everybody that I work things together for good. Mm -hmm. You quote from Romans 8.28 that I work everything together for good. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, Lord, I do. And he said, "Well, do you believe that? Yes, Lord. Well, why aren't you looking for the good? Good point. And it was like he got me, and like he's got me right there. And I'm thinking, you know, and the temptation is to say, and it's no good arguing with him. No, it's no good. Right? I mean, you could try it, but you, you know. but he enjoys it too much. <laughs> but the point is that, that I can't. I'm thinking I can't find anything good about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Mark, look. So I'm starting to look at what, what is good about this. And, and it started to get me thinking that in the midst of all of this, there was good. There was some things that were good. And slowly my, my attitude began to change. I started to let go of some stuff. And I, I was in a, um, the ward that they had me in. was a four-bed ward. Mm-hmm. So sitting lying next to me was a young guy. Right, and I, I, I didn't even really notice who else was in the room, right. Because I was so self focused. Self focused. Mm-hmm. This never worked. Long we're story short, long story short, my whole attitude started to change when I started to look for the goodness of God. I ended up witnessing to him. it came to the Lord, ministered to the family, you know, all of that sorts of stuff, and it was just a very different. So his life got changed, right? Because I started to look for the goodness right. of God. And,
0: you know, one of the things is, is even with suffering, we have to realize that whenever we are suffering, that Christ suffered yep. and uh, everybody comes to believe because of the sufferings of Christ. Yep. And so we're going to have to go through some things. And, you know, definitely that thought process that if God allowed his son to go through what he went through, why do we think we deserve any less? Yeah, He's yeah. bringing us right right through it. But it, there is good things. You know, Jesus was always looking at the cross, but he looked through the cross to the resurrection. He was always, I am the resurrection. He was always pointing all the way over there. It's so much about perspective. Without you, a doubt. You know,
1: and I, I heard, I just read recently, um, this guy was um, talking about the, the whole power of prayer and the effect mm-hmm. of prayer. And one of the things that he said was that, that whilst we often think that prayer is about the circumstances, it usually is not so much about the circumstances. It's about my view of the circumstance. So what, So that's what prayer does. As you start to pray into something, you start to get how God sees the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you, so you start to move uh, from what I, I want this and I want this to happen, mm-hmm. and you start to see it from a different perspective, and you really come into alignment with how he's wanting to do something, it's like that hospital thing. You know, it's not until I I started to see things how God was seeing it from from a goodness of place. Now I I could argue why I'm suffering and I'm feeling all of this sorts of stuff, but but the, there was nothing. There was no fruit of that. The fruit was out of that
0: understanding that He works things together for good. Right. Somebody's life got changed. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I can totally see that. And, and you know, one of the things that we have a tendency to do is we always are looking from earth to heaven instead of heaven to earth perspective. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And <laughs> you'll ever notice, the, uh, I've ever only seen in the Bible two places, one in the book of Revelation and one in uh, Genesis 2, <coughs> excuse me, so um, where you actually have a, an earth To heaven moment Mm because it always says in the beginning God made the heavens and the earth, Earth, and He always mentions heavens and earth, heaven Mm -hmm. and earth, heaven and earth, except for two verses in the Bible, and in both of those cases, man gets completely off track. Yep, because when we when we start making ourselves to focus, Mm -hmm. that becomes a problem. There's only one God, and we ain't it. Yeah, you know. Well, in
1: my uh, my first book was. Is called fascinated from heaven to earth, um, and that's because I became fascinated mm-hmm. with uh, the concept of earth to heaven. Uh, so heaven to heaven to earth, right? And um, I came to understand that really God's desire, His will, which Jesus taught us to pray, was that earth should be heavenized, right? So, Mark, how many books have you written? Uh, I've written two books. Uh, the first book was called um, "Fascinated by Heaven on Earth." The second book was "Who Let the Joy Out." <laughs> Who let the
0: joy out? Where can they get those?
1: Um, Amazon. Uh, you can get those on Amazon. You can get them in hard copy, or you can get them in Kindle form. Mm, okay. Um. Uh. uh e download. Um. Yeah. So Amazon. Amazon.com. Um. They're readily readily available. Okay. That's uh, great. Um. That was a that was a whole fun thing. I think the joy thing. Um. Was my fa- well I mean, both of them were favorite books to write. Right. Um, and um, but I think um, really the joy one was uh, coming out of an understanding that um, joy, for instance, is or joy in particular is is not meant to be. As a response of something, because we're so used to watching a funny movie or right. telling a joke or something like that, and you respond. I mean, you laughed a little bit when I told that story, yeah. Um, which is what we're used to, um, and yet everything in Scripture see, is really that joy is such a catalyst. You know, joy is is something that when we when we release it, something happens. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, a lot of people are weak because they. Don't have much joy around about right. their life,
0: and you know when you really get around, a lot of Christians or It always amazed me at how many miserable some of them are. They're like, I, you ask them, how yeah. you doing? Well, I'm under attack from the devil. I'm like, oh okay, you know they yeah. they always have a negative end of things. Well, I, th- I think uh, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians
1: look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Yeah, I really. think you're right. They've been behaved like you know in I, vinegar or something
0: like that. <laughs> Yeah and so what we've got you know I will talk to you here uh, at some point not on this show but we'll talk after this show I'll tell you about how this, how this end of things sees baptism yep. and uh it's pretty pretty actually incredible but yep. but yeah I I agree there are people out there that are baptized in in lemon juice just from the sour puss they got on their face Man, I mean, I'm I telling you
1: you know it, it's it's um uh joy is is a fruit of the spirit Correct, right? Uh, that joy, peace, and so if we just talk about joy, joy being a fruit of the Spirit, it's the result of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, right? Um, and so many people talk about having a joy, you know, it, it, it's it's almost like. You, I feel like saying to them, "How about you let your face understand what's going on inside of you? <laughs> if you got joy, you
0: know, it's like, like let it out, you know." And hey, I, I agree, Mark. I mean, <laughs> That's classic, though. Everybody just laughed out there listening. I'm telling you. <laughs> but but you know, the whole thing that
1: book was written, and of course, it, what what it came out of is the song back you know years ago, "Who Let the Dogs Out," you know, right, right. Mm, mm. Um, and it's like you know, it's about letting the joy out. The joy is in you. Right. Right. If you know, if you know God, if you know you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. I mean, if you haven't, it's a good idea to you know go that Get way. Get there. Um. And you know, the, you've got plenty of resources to help people do that. But if you, uh, if you, you temple of the Holy Spirit, God inside, you have a personal relationship with Jesus. He's the joy bringer. Absolutely. So you, what you have to learn to do is to let it out. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, I, I think a good way to do it is look in the mirror. And just laugh, laugh at what you see, you know, just practice it, practice releasing joy, not because they're, and, and what happens is people who do this, when they see something funny, watch a funny movie, comedy or whatever else, they just laugh even more. Like right. it, it's, it's just it, it, and it's something you need to practice. Um, laughing at situations that you really want to cry for
0: really helps you to get the different perspective. I I would agree wholeheartedly, and it helps you take control of the situation instead of letting the situation or the circumstances control you. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and we talk about the concept of spiritual warfare, and a lot of people think that that's yelling at the devil. No. Um, It doesn't make any difference. He's not dead and deaf, I mean. No, Uh, he's he's not dead either. He (laughs) can hear you if
0: you're whispering, let Uh, me tell you. Yeah,
1: but, but spiritual warfare really is about operating in the opposite spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know. Jesus said it like this: If somebody slaps you on this side of the face, give him the other one. Mm-hmm. That's operating in the opposite spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if somebody did that to me. Um, I, I would be more likely to to hit him back. Right. Um, so if I was to not do that and but, say, "Okay, you know, I, I'm operating in an opposite spirit," now that's pretty an extreme sort of a thing that Jesus was talking about. Right. But every day of your life you can do something different where instead of responding how everybody else would, you can respond in a in a, in a different way. You know, it's like those that, that are your enemies will bless them. Right. Those that, you know, um, uh, have... Uh, stuff to say about you that you don't like, you start, bless, you bless them, you operate in the opposite of the spirit of, spirit of that. That's where joy comes in. If you've got a difficult situation or something that's happening that really is getting you down, when you start to laugh at it, it does change your perspective on things. Um, and it's like, um, you know, in the book of Psalms, G, um, David says magnify the Lord. Right. Well, magnifying anything um, what some people would think it make it makes it bigger it only makes it appear bigger. So magnifying is 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 really in a place where we can make something bigger than it really is. Mm. Most people do that with worry most people do that with anxiety most people do that with gossip. most people do it by just talking because we're all made to magnify because God we're made in the image of God right So what we learn to do, or what we should learn to do is to put things in right perspective right so when you start to magnify god in the midst of something right in a difficult situation what you're doing is that you are causing him in your th- and you're causing in your thinking to see god in a bigger in a in a bigger place than the problem and so you're positioning yourself with the, for the solution rather than come under the problem Yep, that would make good sense. Yeah, so that's why, um, and 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 people experience that all the time. It's a, a problem has become bigger. It's become bigger than Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. You know, it's become just so big that nothing around is is an ability to be able to solve it because in your thinking it's just huge. Now that doesn't take away that it's a problem, it's a sickness, or whatever it might be. Right, but you're positioning yourself. So that it's too big, and you're just away from the one who's actually the one that can solve
0: it. Right, and there's nothing more bigger than God. No, I absolutely. I mean, he, he is the creator of all things.
1: You can't, you can't make God any bigger than he is. Right. But you can cause in your thinking, in yeah. your experience, to actually put him in the right place. So you put things in the right order by magnifying him, and I think that we see that. With Paul and Silas in prison, I think we see that with David, with Ziglag after you know all that's happened there, and all the all the all the mighty men. Oh yeah, that he's rescued want to stone him.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and what does he have to do? He has to encourage himself.
1: Yeah. In so he, the
0: Lord, I think I think he takes himself away, mm-hmm. and he actually starts magnifying the Lord. He does. He connects with God. That's exactly the way I start. I, I've always preached as what he did is start reflecting on all the things God had done for him yep. to reassure himself. And yep. you know, we should celebrate when when the Lord does good things for us. Yep. We should we should because that becomes mild markers. I mean, we see that with uh, when they cross the Jordan, and he says. Gather the twelve stones and stack them, and there they are to this day. And the reason that they do that is for the simple fact of remind yourself of what God does in your life. Mm-hmm. You know that is the whole stone of hope mm-hmm. situation, the Ebenezer's mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. in your life. And when you have the the right Ebenezer in your life, then you can always just glance back at it and say, nah, I I know I'm better than what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that God's going to carry me through. Yeah." And that is, that's, that's excellent. So, what is, uh, so you, now how do you go about teaching at School of Supernatural? How do I go about it? Yeah. Do you, have you provided them with like some videos and, and where does this all happen? Oh,
1: okay. So, um, at Hope Church, you mentioned okay, before. So I, yeah. I was there last night. They, uh, they have a school, um, HSSM. So, um, it's one of the schools that I teach at. Uh, my teaching style is, um, uh, I start somewhere and just see where it goes. Yeah, that's my um, whole everything style. <laughs> I think that's for me. That's the sort of prophetic part of me, right? Um, and you know, I had three hours of teaching last night, and uh, uh, people wanted me to sign my books in between times, so there wasn't mm-hmm. much of a break. But um, and you know, I I just had so much to say that um, we just had to finish it. Uh, after the three hours, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of concepts that you know. I, I'm very much a, a a concept person. You know, it's like right. Um, I, part of my gifting is to connect, so I'm a connector. So I connect people with concepts, connect people with one another. Right, I'm a, that sort of a, that's who I am. Right. Um, and so last night we, we talked um, um, a lot about the kingdom and um, you know what that looks like and um, particularly went through the prayer that Jesus taught. Um, we started off with um, talking about a, a principle of interpretation, which is the principle of first mention. So it's where it's first mentioned. right you go back to that. And so it was like, well, what, what was some of the first thing that Jesus declared and he declared that repent, for the kingdom of yeah, heaven, heaven is, is at, at, hand. at hand; it's nearby. Right. So, what repent means is change the way that you, you think. Right. Now, what we what we often call a lot of things that are repentance are actually the fruit of repentance because mm-hmm. people have changed their mind about something. You know, they've realized that they've, you know, they 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 need Christ in their life, or they they've uh, hurt somebody and they go and apologize and I need to repent to you because you know I said something wrong, I hurt you or whatever else. Please forgive me. Um, that's the fruit of repentance because I've had to change my mind about how I thought of it. So Jesus is saying, um, "You know." And so what what the church has done is turn something like repentance
0: into an event, right? Right, rather than as a lifestyle, right? And and that happened that that happened a thousand years ago. Yep you know where they where they turned it into okay you need to say these many prayers and yep. you need to feel and it became a punishment situation instead uh-huh. of an encouragement situation yep. one thing I always caution guys of especially when I tell them you know repentance is turning repentance is turning from the direction in which you were headed but i did, just don't turn from it cuz you'll just turn to another bad thing turn to christ mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah i get that that wholeheartedly yep um, so I want to ask a couple more quick questions okay. before I button up my show today. Are we good? Yeah, go. Okay. So, uh, who are, so now when you travel around, you yep. travel around all over the place and yep. preach. Yep. Uh, uh, you've been in how many countries now? Ooh, I, I had a
1: prophetic word years ago, about 35, and I, I would probably be close to that. Okay. Um, so I do a lot of work in the Philippines. Uh, I've been to Pakistan uh been colombia um bogota in colombia u.s quite a few of the states around the u.s different mm-hmm. places, almost every state in australia new zealand um it just goes on and on and on
0: yeah um so uh yeah and then uh you're also latched up with a, a couple other guys shannon schreier for one and and mm-hmm. Dave, uh, Dave Cron, David Cron, yeah. yeah. So um, I haven't been to Labarge. So we have a conference there at Labarge, right? In Wyoming. And is that when you guys get together? Is that yeah. the only time you do? I well, figured you guys got no, together. Other I mean,
1: than that. I had, we've got it together at other times. Okay, um, I'm in regular contact with those guys. Um, we've done uh, Dave and I've done things in Fiji, uh, in the Philippines. We have schools of supernatural in both of those areas. So nice. both of those places. Um, I've done different times with Shannon in different places. So, um, you know, we're just very good friends. Right. Um, but our gifting, you know, comes together and, and even at La Barge, which I'm really excited about because mm-hmm. I hadn't been for three years. Right.
0: Right. And going to be
1: great. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was tough because, um, Tony and Gwinnett and, and myself started that. Um, it was oh, yeah. just, used to just be me. And uh, and then Dave came and then Shannon and then uh, Dave's son, Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, came. And I'm really looking forward to this August um, when we're all going to be getting together. I I have a feeling something is going to take off, something is going to happen.
0: Right. I, I, without a doubt, believe that wholeheartedly because yeah. you guys – Uh, like you say, when all of your giftings come together, it it, it gets crazy, man. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize what it's – once you have that flavor, that taste, that moment where you are with uh, truly in Christ. Yep. And I'm not talking about just knowing who he is or reading his word, but, I mean, all of a sudden you feel his presence all the way around you. Uh, You know, one of the things uh, – when we when he says uh i am uh building you a new house mm-hmm. you know uh it is within him mm-hmm. and when you realize that you're abiding in him it mm-hmm. just becomes this whole different thing yeah yeah the uh, La Barge has always been a, a very important uh part of me for a very long since at least 2008 yeah.
1: you know it's it's a, it's a it's a place in the middle of nowhere. When I first went there years ago, um, with my wife and a prophet friend of mine and his wife from Australia, I I, I thought I've landed on the moon. You know, yeah, it kind <laughs> of you know, looked that way, didn't it? You know, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's what seven thousand feet above sea level. It's Correct. about four hundred people or something like that in the town.
0: A little less than that. But yeah. the interesting
1: thing about it is that what you've got. Is a whole lot of people traveling significant differences to distances to come there, so there's a huge hunger, right? Um, and not only is that, is that Tony and Gwinnett have through newer and all that sort of stuff created a place where it's like a fireplace that's waiting to be lit, you know, it's it's the provision of the place. And uh, we have testimonies of people over the years of things and encounters that they have at that place. Oh, I um, have my own list. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you do. I've <laughs> had
0: mean, mine. I I know you've had yours. I've had mine. I mean, I remember here, and I know you were over in Australia here this one time when, uh, uh, because you had been talking to us, and uh, the next night Shannon was going to be speaking, and it was probably about, oh, about 5.30 or so, everybody, had, they were still eating dinner, and I went in, and worship music was playing and i i laid down and uh on my face and just just gave myself to the lord and and next thing i know that song is ending and i go to stand up and it's almost two o'clock in the morning oh wow and uh everybody else is on the floor around me too <laughs> and I never heard anybody come in or anything else but and I thought it was one song but it had been hours and out countless hours yeah. I mean and it's just sometimes just soaking in the presence of God not a lot of people get that no, I no. mean trying to uh you know that's that's part of helping develop cultures wherever we go yeah it's it's amazing. Yeah, so you know, with uh, where has been your favorite place to go? Labarge is probably <laughs> one of them. Um, yeah, it is. I, I think it's uh, for me. Every place is a
1: is a is a, a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I on this trip, I was in Texas and doing some work in Texas. I was in Arkansas. Um, I, I was really waiting to come to Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Casper is a favorite place of me. Not because it's casper but because of the people in casper oh yeah you know, i like i have i i just feel at home um here um i really um you know it's not as if well i can't hang can't wait to get to uh, uh casper because of it's this or that or whatever right. my, my wife loves mountains so you know she just loves the, the mountains here or in jackson you know with the, the tetons she loves those sorts of things Um, But I have other favourite places um, and for different reasons. Like I love Singapore. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Singapore for a different reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, you know, I've loved other places. I mean, there's some places that are probably easy to say that I don't like, but Mm -hmm. let's not be – you know uh okay on that so yeah I, I i i favorite places because of the people in those
0: places that makes complete sense yeah. i remember the first time you stayed at my house i was getting ready to leave for hawaii and i said all right all right mark so here's the deal shut this on turn that off make sure you lock the door have a good day i'm flying out <laughs> we'll see you next time you pass through <laughs> <laughs> and ellie you know you've got to feel kind of nice at Here's this guy just turned his house over to me and flew away to <laughs> across the ocean. Well, I, <laughs> almost to your home. Well, I, I think uh,
1: if I remember correctly, there, um I, it surprised me, like, you know, that. I mean, I felt really bad. It was like, you know, but the thing that I haven't forgiven you about is you didn't take me to Hawaii with
0: you. <laughs> I know, man. And, you know, <laughs> the one thing you said is. Well, we're sitting there, and you asked me, well, Bert, how do you hear from God? And I told you, and you, and I said, but that's normal, right? And you said, nope, that's not normal <laughs> at all. There's nothing normal about that whatsoever. And I said, oh, okay, maybe I'm weirder than I thought. And then – Are you just working that out? you just yeah, I'm just now working it out, Mark. I am. But uh, you uh, had said, do you know why you're going to Hawaii? I said, for vacation. You said, no. No. God is about to give you something big, and He did. Mm-hmm. He spoke to me very several times over there. One of which was He showed me two trees that were the exact same tree, mm-hmm. and it was in a it was in a huge botanical garden they have mm-hmm. over there. And my wife was having a low sugar, so I was dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I all of a sudden he says, "Don't be distracted. Pay attention to what I'm telling you." I'm like, "Lord." My mm-hmm. wife, and mm-hmm. he's like, pay attention to what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. He says, look at those two trees. Now, they were called praying trees, okay? Mm-hmm. And what they do is when the sun comes up, their leaves open up. Mm-hmm. And when it goes down, it, they fold up. So they call them praying trees. And as I'm looking at both of these, they both look exactly the same, except one tree, the light shine through the leaves, mm-hmm. And everything beneath it was just brilliant, beautiful green. And the other tree, its leaves were open, but it was a dark shade underneath. And he said, one would be the tree of life Mm. that brings life, Mm. and the other one just brings darkness. Mm. And I was like, interesting. Because, you know, the one thing with the knowledge of good and evil – just trying to elevate ourselves, but even more, all it ever does is point out what we're doing wrong when all yeah. he ever wanted to do was show us love. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that's just one of Good. many things that happen over there, Mark. You're always throwing something at me and I love that about you. Uh-huh. You know? Uh so final words, anything that you would want to share with people, especially about experiencing the Holy Spirit. Well, one of the things that has drawn my attention, if I went,
1: you know, is a tattoo on your arm which says "Fearless," mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think a lot of people, um, you know, have fears, mm-hmm. uh, fears about future, fears about life, and all of those sorts of things, and yet they don't realize that it's perfect love that casts out fear. That's correct, and that's the that's the that's the result of the love of God. The love of God wants to remove the fear. Uh, out of people's lives, and and a lot of people, um, God can't love any of us any more or any less than He does. Right, but we can be in a place where we're receiving that love. And so I would say to people today, uh, you know, what are you receiving? Are you in a place where you can receive the love of God? And it's a revelation. It's it's it it is a progressive revelation, the fear of love, because the goal of God is to cause us to be fearless. Right, um, because the fear has been overtaken by his love and the security of his love, because nothing can separate you from his love, without a doubt. Um, that's that's the reality of it. But what we have to do, our responsibility, is to receive that love.
0: Yep. Right. Well, you know when that when that first got put on there, it always meant the same thing. It that, uh, uh fearless. You're good. <laughs> fearless. Uh, means faith-filled yeah you know and that that's constantly where we need to be
1: yeah
0: well mark thank you a million times over for taking time out this is the you were a main targeted goal when they said you were coming to town <laughs> i started jockeying for my position to i say i yep. just need for one hour if you'll just give it to me for well, one hour well you know um i'm
1: you know, I'm really thankful that you gave me an opportunity because I now can put on my resume that I have
0: been on the podcast of the barbarian, barbarian prophet. prophet that's right. And you, and you know, that you'll be well known for, <laughs> I need, they only read your books before, but then they'll go, wait, you actually met the barbarian prophet. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that'll happen, Mark, but I got to tell you, brother, I do love you, man. And I, yeah. and I appreciate you. Thank and, you. uh, I don't, um, You know, you are one of those people that have definitely spoken into my life and that has, you've said small things that have had epic impacts as Mm -hmm. I look at them through the years. And I just want to say thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I came a long way to do this.
0: Yeah, I know you flew. (laughs) I know, you know, that goes on my resume (laughs) that on the Barbarian Prophet, we have people fly halfway around the world to be on the Barbarian Prophet. Oh, good. (laughs) So, well, God bless you, Mark. Thank you very much. And thank you. Thank you. Well, as always, you know what I say. God loves you and I love you and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness in the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important. But let's wait until the next show for that. And now one more thing that we never, ever want to leave out is that if you are in this position where you're wondering where your life is going, all you got to do is just ask Jesus where he wants you to go. So what I'm telling you is take a moment to read your Bible, take a moment to soak yourself in prayer, and take a very big moment to just listen when you're done praying. So God bless you, and we'll see you next time on The Barbarian Prophet.